0: I'm Nicole Stevens. Come join me, and let's walk with Jesus. Hey, y'all. Hope your week is going well. Thanks for listening in again. uh, This week, I wanted to talk about the book of Hosea. I just finished reading that up in Joel, and um, Hosea is just a hard picture sometimes um, of just our unfaithfulness to the Lord and just things that we kind of struggle with throughout our journey. Uh, So there is a commentary uh, that I would encourage you guys to read um, and to get. It's called 52 Weeks of Pursuit by Mark Trotter. I'll link that in the show notes. And usually it's two volumes. They might have condensed it into one. Um, However, right now I'm going to be reading out of the second volume on page 132. So what he does is kind of break down Genesis to Revelation a couple chapters at a time. And so this is breaking down Hosea 1 through 6. And I'm just going to read a portion of it. Uh, so it says, Prophet was someone uh, God called to take his side against nations and people. A prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord. Deuteronomy eighteen twenty two. For no prophet was this more true than Hosea. God asked him to do the unthinkable. Marry a wife God knew would break his heart by her unfaithfulness. Why would God do such a thing? First, because it was a graphic illustration. God told Hosea, whose name means Jehovah or God of salvation, like Joshua in the Old Testament and Jesus in the New Testament, to take a wife of whoredoms to depict the unfaithfulness of Israel to the Lord, her husband, end quote. Um, And then the next section for uh, when he breaks down Hosea 7 through 14, it says... Uh, Just as God predicted Hosea's wife, Gomer, deserted her faithful husband for other lovers, providing a painful and graphic illustration of Israel's unfaithfulness to her husband, God himself, in chapter 3, Gomer ends up on the slave block, and God commands Hosea to go redeem her, buy her back, and restore her as his wife. He does, and all I can say is, what a guy. But remember, Hosea is simply a picture of God, his love for Israel, and his plan to restore her as his wife. And so I say, what a God. And then um, it says, The people of Israel knew who Hosea was and what his wife had done. They no doubt pointed the finger at her and her many sins. They didn't realize, however, that they were pointing the finger at themselves. In chapter 4, verses 1 through 2, Hosea begins to lay out their sin, their unfaithfulness to their husband. Hosea describes them with several pictures, and then it goes on. End quote also. Uh, So reading that book, um, it just reminds me, and maybe it is you as well, um, just different times in your life, or a one specific time in your life where you had been saved, was walking with the Lord, and then were you know became unfaithful to God. And so, you put idols before the Lord, uh, you put you know a person, your job, certain things, whatever, and God became the back burner. Um, or you know, you took pride in yourself and you just ran after your own earthly kingdom, and again, God was just not really anywhere on your radar. And this was kind of my story off and on, which is really shameful, you know. But, uh, you know, I was saved when I was seven. Uh, most of y'all know that. And then I really wanted to pursue the Lord. And in high school, I really was pursuing the Lord, like hot pursuit, you know, <laughs> like the title of the episode. It was like in hot pursuit of the Lord. really wanted to know who God was. Um, I really wanted to walk close with the Lord. I even considered, I might have said this, I even considered becoming a nun um, because I really just wanted to, I don't know, devote my life with the Lord and be with the Lord. I didn't really know, I didn't understand what that looked like. There wasn't really discipleship at the church I went to. I didn't know, like, there was no, like, really all out living for the Lord. You know what I mean? It's like, you're a Christian, you read your Bible, come to church sometime. But as far as, like, just Fully devoting your life to the Lord. And the only thing I could think of when I was younger was like, become a nun. But I'm not Catholic, by the way. Like, I don't believe in the same thing. So I did not become a nun. But then, you know, I started having my first serious relationship, really, when I was, I guess, 19. But that was kind of, and then when I was 21. And then my heart was divided. And instead of pursuing the Lord, having hot pursuit for the Lord, I was like, hot pursuit of guys. And heart, hot pursuit of my my flesh, my lust, right? And I just remember during that time, because, and I don't want to be too hard on anybody, humans let you down. And you as a human let other people down. And we are the most unfaithful, you know, things out there. Like we just, you know, we don't really keep our word. We don't really consider others like we should. We don't really love people unconditionally. Um, We don't have the love like God does. And I remember having this realization in this relationship that I was in when I was 21. And it was like really my first serious relationship. And I just felt so hurt by the person that I was with. And I remember just thinking like, I'm a, I'm all alone. <laughs> you know, I'm all alone. Nobody cares for me. You know, all these stupid thoughts, blah, blah, blah. But really realizing how faithful the Lord was. That no matter how many times I turned my back on God, how many times I pursued other things that were not of the Lord, how many times I disobeyed God and lived wickedly, how He was still there, how He was still faithful to me even though I was not faithful to Him, how He was still faithful to me when others were not, Um, when people let you down, when people lie to you, when people, you know, might even unintentionally hurt you, but they're... They're humans and it's just not the same relationship that you'll have with the Lord. And I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but when I was 21 um, and maybe I was like, I don't know, I was in my early 20s. This is a hundred years ago. I'm 40 also like I cannot remember. Everything blends together. Um, but I remember getting my um, first tattoo I got was the faithful God in Hebrew and it was just so meaningful to me to learn, you know. Like you know these things, you know that God is faithful. You hear that of Him. You see it in the Bible. But actually experiencing how faithful He is is, you know, just really humbling. And it's unfortunate that I learned that when I was being wicked, you know, and when other people weren't treating me right. However, you know, God can use anything for His good if it brings me closer to Him, and it, it did. Although I, I would say and I would advise to learn when you're not at fault (laughs) you know like I learned when I was at fault because I disobeyed God so I you know reaped some crappy stuff because I sowed some crappy stuff but I was just really thankful um that God is faithful and he never changes he's the same today as he was yesterday like you hear all these things but it's really very true and reading the book of Hosea you see that you know again that that picture of Hosea marrying Gomer, who was a is was an adulterer, she betrayed a good man, who did nothing wrong to her, who was there, um, and he came and rescued her when he when she was about to get you know sold into slavery, and so, the fact that like God stands by us, even when we don't deserve it, speaks so much of His character and who He is and His promises to us. And so if we can just really see, um, you know, we, we love God and we obey him, not because that our works save us and we can earn, you know, favor in his eyes and justification and whatever other things, but because of our gratitude towards him for what he's done. When uh, Gomer, as the harlot, was getting sold into slavery, and then here comes Hosea, who she's she'd have done and he was a good man and he comes to rescue her how humbling is that and I would imagine that Gomer then would want to go back and be like man I'm a piece of crap I don't deserve this (laughs) but like I want to live my life out for you like I'm undeserving and I love you so much and I I want to show my gratitude not because I have to do that to earn my way into this relationship but you're already giving it to me even though I'm undeserving and so I want to give my life For you, like, want to live my life for you because I'm thankful. Anyway, so all that to say, that's how I feel about the Lord because he's he's just always been so kind and he's always willing to rescue me, even when I don't deserve it. And none of us deserve it. All of us are born into sin, and so, anyways. But it just it really sucks when you know better. You know better. You're you're saved. You have Jesus as your Savior you know, your sin has separated you from God and he's forgiven you already. And then you're like, "And I'm still going to do what I want to do. And so that is just really hard thing to, um, kind of work through because, you know, you're like, uh, I'm super scummy, <laughs> you know, but the, the kindness of God though, uh, brings repentance. That's a Bible verse. And, um, also I think, you know, we, we've, we've studied before that when you feel, shame and you know a specific instance of like this is what I've done that has offended God that's the holy spirit he's going to point out those specific things to show you like hey you know this is the specific thing that is between you and me that's not helping our relationship that's something that needs to get out of the way and you know, oh man I'm sorry lord I I don't want anything between you and me like I am sorry please forgive me I'm not doing that anymore because your relationship is important to me and so I am choosing to follow you and not do that crap anymore, right? But the general, I feel guilty, I don't know why, God doesn't want to talk to me. I went through that period of time a couple different times like I you know smoked pot and did all this stuff when I was in ninth grade and then was just like God's mad at me he doesn't want to talk to me he doesn't want anything to do with me he's tired of me you know but that was just that was from Satan because what happens when you have all these emotions it's not anything specific obviously like I did something specific that I didn't need to turn from but God wants me to specifically pray about that thing ask forgiveness and move on and move on. Right. But this general feeling that's going to keep you actually from pursuing the Lord and just going to keep you like depressed and under rock. And like, he just doesn't want to hear from me. That's not from God. Satan's whole uh, plan is to keep you from moving forward with the Lord. And so that's exactly what that does. And then I had that same feeling again, several, many times in my twenties. Like I am ashamed to say that, uh, because, you know, I went through these relationships. I mean, it was mainly relationships. Let's be honest, for me. And you know, not to say that was only the thing, uh, but where you see a person who's a tangible, tangible person, a real life person, and you're like, it's just easy to have your your heart divided and pursue something that you can see, unless you have protected your relationship with God and really have a real relationship with the Lord. I don't know if any of this is making sense. I'm kind of Uh, rambling a little bit but so there were several times in my 20s I was just like I'm just a piece of crap you know (laughs) it's like that yo-yo relationship back and forth back and forth like I want to be right I want to do the right things but I'm not doing the right thing it's kind of like what Paul was talking about in Romans 7 it's like you know this wretched man that I am you know the the warring between your flesh and your spirit but I constantly was feeding my flesh so my flesh was constantly you know getting bigger and winning and I wanted what I wanted so I was the harlot you know can we say that? Is that kind of sounding weird? But in the book of Hosea, that's who I was. I was the unfaithful wife to the Lord. Just like he was pointing out to Israel how they were to him. He's like, I've loved you. I've delivered you. Like I've been there. Like you've seen you've seen me deliver you time and time again. You know, I'm your God, you're my people. Like I picked you. Like what are you doing? And they were making things with their hands, you know, to worship. He's like, what is going on? <laughs> like, what what kind of things ha- have these, you know, stone statues delivered you from? Uh, nothing. Yeah, they can't even talk. They can't even move. What are you doing? And it's the same thing for our lives. You know, how many things do we worship and put before the Lord that has never delivered us out of anything? And these things definitely didn't die for my sins, you know, to keep me from hell, to reunite me with the Lord and to have abundant life here and eternal life with God you know so why do I put these things before the Lord and it's the lust of my flesh and so just like God used Hosea to tell Israel hey man what are you doing like you're unfaithful to me this is not cool come back to me let me restore you uh that's that's what God tells us now you know so I encourage you that if you are not in a right relationship with the Lord meaning you're being unfaithful you're putting things in front of the Lord I encourage you you know he will point out the specific things that you need to repent from and ask forgiveness for and to turn from so that you can have a closer relationship with him he does not want to be like you know what you're such a disobedient child, I don't want to mess with you anymore. And if you just kind of leave me alone, that would be great. There's another book. It's called In My Father's House. It's a devotional. I did it when I was 18. I'm 40, guys. Again, (laughs) this is a long time ago. Uh, But it was relating to God as Father um, and just how our perception of our earthly fathers can distort our perception of who God is. And it's important to read your Bible so that you can see who God is and you can see these characteristics of God. Does God want to brush me off? Does God get mad and ignore me? Does God decide that he wants nothing to do with me? Well, if I read the Bible, I see that's not true. That's not in the character character of God. So that's not going to be um, accurate, but I'm not going to know that unless I'm in the word of God. So it's so important that you're in the word of God so that Satan doesn't put things in your head to keep you from God um, and to keep you kind of down in the ditch so that you can reconcile with God and and be right with him. And so I encourage you that if you, if you're just thinking like, Oh, the sin is too big and God doesn't want nothing to do with me. And there's no way I can be right with him. Like go read the prodigal son story. That is exactly for that. (laughs) You know, he's like, I love you. Come back, come home come home. I'm here. I'm not leaving. I'm not locking the door. I'm not saying, you know what? You blew your chance. You can keep eating with the pigs. I don't care. Uh, that's not, that's not who God is. So I encourage you to, um, to come back to the Lord if you have been away. So you might hear some paper rustling. I just wanted to read some things out of my journal when I'm reading my Bible time, my Bible time, when I'm reading the Bible and, uh, and I'm praying and I write the verses that just kind of stick out to me. So I'm just going to kind of go through that and see if any of these speak to you. Uh, Hosea chapter 5 verse 15. I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face and their affliction. They will seek me early. And again, this is Old Testament. Some things are a little different. Chapter 6 verse 6 where I desired mercy and not sacrificed and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. God doesn't want us to go through the motions and do the church culture thing and, whatever um, check the boxes or whatever it, you can do all the traditions you can go to church and put on your face you can still you know check the box of reading your bible but unless you're really in hot pursuit of the lord you know really just seeking him in that intimate relationship you're just kind of going through the motions and god desires your heart above all of that chapter 7 verse 13 um, some of these aren't the whole verses Uh, So this is not the whole verse, but verse 13, though I have redeemed them, yet they have spoken lies against me. That kind of hurt my heart, you know, because this is God. God is saying this about Israel. Like I've redeemed them and they've spoken lies against me. Like, can you imagine the hurt God feels when we do these things to him? And we do these things to him, usually not because we're mad at him, but because we desire our lust more than God. And man, that sucks. Anyway, (laughs) verse 15, though I have... Uh, bound and in strengthen in their arms, yet they do imagine mischief against me. And then, chapter 8, verse 12, I have written to him the great things of my law, but they were counted as a strange thing. And Hosea, chapter 10, verse 12, sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, till he come and reign in righteousness upon you. Verse 13, Uh, Ye have plowed wickedness, ye have reaped iniquity, ye have eaten the fruit of lies, because thou didst trust in thy way in the multitude of thy mighty men. Like, how often do we do that? We plow in our flesh and we reap sin and we eat the fruit of corruption and we trust in man and not of the Lord and not in his word and not walk in the Spirit. We just choose our flesh time and time again, and we are unfaithful. Uh, Hosea 11, verse 7, And my people are bent to backsliding from me, though they called them to the Most High. None at all would exalt him. Uh, Chapter 12, verse 6, Therefore turn thou unto thy God, keep mercy and judgment, and wait in thy God continually. And Hosea 13, verse 6, So they were filled. They were filled, and their heart was exalted. Therefore... Have they forgotten me? So when your heart's exalted, you're prideful. And again, it's all about you and your flesh. So no good thing is going to come from that. And you are going to only serve one master. You can't serve two. So if you're serving your flesh, you're not going to be serving God. Uh, Chapter 14, verse 4, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely for my anger is turned away from him. So God is always so kind to forgive us and to, to be there being willing and ready to forgive us Uh, verse 8 from me is thy fruit found so you're not going to find fruit apart from God you're not going to sow good fruit in your flesh what you're going to do is you're going to sow rotten disgusting fruit which isn't really fruit at all it's just if you eat that (laughs) it's destruction and death okay Uh, verse 9 and the ways of the Lord are right and the just shall walk in them So those are the things that I got from the book of Hosea this time when I read it. And just the things that remind me of, you know, how kind God is. And sometimes when we think that we're walking right and we're doing, you know, what we should and whatnot, we constantly have to check our heart and say, like, am I doing this because I'm in pursuit of the Lord and who he is? Or am I kind of just doing this in my flesh and my pride? or, Or do I have other things before the Lord and I'm not even, you know? trying to do the things of God, are we really pursuing God in an intimate, close, loving relationship of, you know, the kind father, the faithful husband? Uh, Charles Spurgeon had said, Bless his name that he is still thy God, however much thou mayest have backslidden. Thou hast not lost thy right to claim him as thy God, for he is thine eternally by a fixed entail. And because he is still thy God, let his everlasting kindness entice thee to come back to him. So that's my encouragement for y'all to, you know, whether you feel like you've been walking with the Lord, but kind of missing that intimacy with him, or you're not right with the Lord and you have sin in your life, or maybe you don't know him as your savior. um, He's waiting with open arms because he wants to have a right, loving, intimate relationship with you. So, y'all, I'm always available to talk, y'all know. So, if you have any questions, prayer requests, or need a physical Bible, feel free to DM me on Instagram at walkwithjesuspodcast or email me at walkwithjesuspodcast at gmail.com. And I'll talk to y'all next Monday.